0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Row 7 Podcast. Today, we have something really special, and obviously, I have my brother with me, Chris. We are going to do a Father's Day um, moments in sports. Um, obviously, with Father's Day being tomorrow, uh, and there's a lot of father-son, uh, father-daughter connections in sports, we felt there was nothing nothing better to do than to, t- to kind of talk about the two and how... How special some moments have been uh, in sports throughout the, their history. Uh, so, with that being said, um, I want to kick it off by by talking about one of my personal favorites, uh, the Griffies, Ken Griffey Jr. and Ken Griffey Sr. Uh, obviously, two definite amazing players. Ken Griffey Jr. probably my top three all-time favorite baseball players. Uh, but in 1990, uh, they were the first ever father-son duo to start in a lineup together. And obviously, Ken Griffey Sr., uh, you could imagine just how elated he was to know that he was going to play along his son uh, and not really uh, possibly knowing the the career that he was going to potentially have. But just the 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 man had to be proud. There, there's no other way to really put it. Um, and obviously, uh, another memorable moment uh, was the fact that a year after their debut, together uh, in 1991 they were the first pair to hit back-to-back home runs and like I said he's got to be proud of that accomplishment Um, and it it just goes to tell you the way that Ken Griffey Jr. looked up to his dad that he wanted to be exactly like him and he wanted to play in the outfield and he wanted to be an amazing baseball player and sure enough it turns out that he just he followed exactly in the in the footsteps of his dad so I'm, I'm kicking it off with Ken Griffey chris i know you got a laundry list of guys so let, let me hear where you're coming from here
1: um piggybacking off your Rob or your ken griffey's example which is really awesome to get to play with your dad i mean think about like we hear comparisons of like lebron wanting to play with his son and how old lebron would have to be to be playing with his son you know like kind of crazy to think that that actually was a like capable of happening albeit in a different sport but you know To have have that longevity in a career is pretty badass, I would say. But uh, another father-son combo I'd like to shout out is the Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds duo. Um, Obviously, we know Barry Bonds today is arguably the home run king in baseball. And, you know, there might be an asterisk in in that regard, depending how you look at baseball. But obviously, we know Bonds is – Barry Bonds, the son, is – a legend on the field you know for the amount of sheer amount of home runs walks and and uh just what he was able to do like with Windsor Brother replacement you know like the guy was a, a god on the field but also special that his dad was able to set some records with this with the Giants as well um the second player to hit 300 home runs and th- steal 300 bases joining only Willie Mays so I mean that's a pretty elite group right there but obviously those records have since been broken but you know, you think about the, the, the influence Bobby Bonds had on the field and then his son, little did he know, would have an even greater footprint in the in the game of baseball. And, you know, that's one of those things you can't – as a father, I can't imagine being able to foresee your child uh, outgrowing you and putting your records to shame. Kind of cool, though.
0: Yeah, and, and I will say uh, with watching the uh, the long-gone summer debut uh, – uh, documentary this past weekend uh, I'm definitely kind of warmed up a little bit more to 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 Barry Bonds I know there could be an asterisk like you said by his name in terms of the record and what he's done what he's not done um uh, but yes j- just to bring it kind of full circle to to be able to accomplish that Bobby Bonds obviously has to be elated as a father to know his son had such an illustrious career and he basically got better with age um it just goes to tell you just a true test of time and how those those two individuals that the name stands strong in baseball bonds is is a name that is it's at the top of baseball I would say so shout out to to definitely Barry Bonds obviously Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Sr. because uh they're they're notable names in the game and we 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 definitely owe a lot of respect to them without a doubt
1: absolutely
0: um Kind of transitioning a little bit, and I know this is going to be a little bit on the somber side, uh, but this goes back quite a few years now, and I would probably say that most people would remember this moment. Uh, It was a Monday night football moment, uh, 2003. We're going to kind of lay it out for you here. Oakland Raiders, uh, Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre uh, takes the field a day after his father, unfortunately, tragically passes away. Uh, But what he did on that field... Uh, he basically had an out of body experience uh, he threw for a record number of yards in the first half I want to say I believe it was three hundred and eleven yards in the first half uh, He ended with four touchdowns um, and just just a, a testament to to Basically, honor your dad, and obviously, he had to be playing with a heavy heart. Uh, Tears had to be coming down his eyes. Um, It's it's something that you never want to think of, you never want to kind of process. But the fact that he wanted to go out there and lay it all on the line for his dad and kind of honor him, uh, you could definitely tell that his father was watching over him that night. Um, It's it's something that I've I've actually gone back uh, to to watch the highlights from because I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm a Packers fan by any any regards but I can definitely respect the fact that what he did that night, because it was absolutely memorable. And I was fortunate enough to be still relatively young, but be able to watch it live. And just to see that every throw that he made was on target. Uh, Even though his receivers were covered, they basically said, listen, we're going to, we're going to catch everything for you here out there today, man. We're going to, we're going to make sure that we do everything possible to get the W. And obviously they did handily, 41 to seven, but uh, just a, a definite memorable moment in sports, obviously, that father-son connection, and unfortunately, it had to end on a tragic note due to his father's loss, but um, definitely a, a head tip to, to Brett Favre and what he did on that memorable night in 2003.
1: Yeah, that is a pretty special moment, you have to admit right there, I mean, to go out and persevere after you just lost probably one of the most influential people in your life. and lay down the law like that as, as Favre did is kind of unheard of and and it's a kudos to Brett Favre in his ability to play but more so it was an homage to his father that you know this one's for you you know it's one of those things that it's uh it's bigger than sports you know it's an out of body experience where like you know there's some commending forces out there arguably angels in the outfield if you will where you've got a uh, you've got Forces that will be behind you that will commit with that will push you to greater heights than you've ever thought imagined. And in this situation, Favre is definitely, definitely a top of the list one for sure. I mean, I couldn't imagine losing a parent and then having to go out on national TV and try and play a, a sport. You know, it's
0: crazy, yeah, and, and it, it just shows you his grit. And honestly, playing out there with a heavy heart, I know I probably would not be able to do it. I can tell you that hands down. Uh, but the fact that he was kind of indecisive and ultimately decided to stay with this team, uh, go out there and lay it on the line and and absolutely just put up a legendary game. It kinda it sets him apart from the rest. And obviously he's in that echelon of top tier quarterbacks. Uh, you know, that that group of the greatest of all time. Um, so definite shout out to Brett Favre. Obviously, you know. Uh, on a a somber note, but it it just shows you the, the grit that he played with out there. So definite hat tip.
1: Yeah. And I know you had a second example to follow up with that, Alex, on the uh, topic of Michael Jordan, you know, we would be reminiscent if we didn't talk about him, but I'm sure you've got some thoughts to share on that topic.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael Jordan in 1993, unfortunately, on another tragic note, uh, lost his father uh, due to a a senseless murder. Um, But you know, being able to go out there uh, right around the time of Father's Day, I believe, and just lay on, it all on Father's, on Father's Day. On Father's Day, okay. There you go. Uh, just an, another testament to the, the wherewithal of uh, what, what was on his mind, trying to win a championship, but also realizing he he lost his best friend. It's 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 unbelievable. It's unimaginable what he was probably going through in that moment. And obviously, you know, we know what happened. We know the outcome. He won the championship. They, that was their first three-peat. but obviously he was in no in no mood in in no in no way of looking to, to celebrate because it was it was a terrible moment uh you you lose losing your best friend you know his dad was there through his entire NBA career and then for in one instance to be for him to be able to be, to be taken off this earth senselessly um there, there's it a hurts. reason why that sorry go ahead no I just
1: say it, it hurts it hurts to think about you know
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And it just kind of goes to show you, after winning that championship, he didn't even celebrate with the team on the court, he went straight to the locker room. Uh, and if you do a Google search, you can find that iconic photo of him basically laying on the floor, just bawling his eyes out with all the emotions coming up of losing a father, but also winning a championship. But what, what stands at the top is the fact that he lost his father uh, on, a, on a terrible note, but he was still able to go out there and with a heavy heart and, and win the championship for his team i i can't i can't speak to what that meant to him or what that probably meant to his family and ultimately how his father was ultimately looking down on him in that moment as well too and saying hey son you know what you can do it i know i'm not there with you but i'm in your heart and i'll always be with you that's kind of how i probably would imagine michael would be feeling in the moment so another heavy heart story and i hate to hit you guys with it because father's day should be a moment of elation uh, you know whether be an actual father, an uncle, uh, a brother, you know, a coach, whatever, maybe whoever is your father figure in your life. If you were to lose him, it's gotta be tragic, but to know that you can go out there and put it all on the line and win, it speaks volumes.
1: Yeah. I uh, just to touch one last base on the MJ topic that, as you mentioned, if you Google search that third championship ring on father's day, the iconic photo is MJ sitting in the locker room with just holding a basketball over his face. Cause there's probably just a flood, a flood of pure raw emotion running through him at that time, and it's just like, I don't know whether to be happy or whether to be sad because you know, as you mentioned, he lost the greatest connection he probably had growing up as a child through like the average moments in his career, all the way to his peak. You know, and he had his dad by his side, as we've seen in the Last Dance documentary. But that 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 picture is truly the definition of a picture's worth a thousand words, and even then, that might not even suffice because you just how can you how can you put into words what that would feel like to to be at the very top of the world in your game but also at the very one of your very lowest points in your in your personal life because how do you, how do you balance that I, I don't i don't know i I would have a tough time doing so,
0: but exactly and just to to bounce off that, that that's another testament to what you said earlier it's bigger than basketball that moment yeah. right there was bigger that way bigger than basketball basketball probably meant nothing to the, him, him in that moment to know that you had to go and see your father. It's, it's, it's not something that you want to kind of kind of ponder. You don't want to process. So it, it was, it's unimaginable just to say the least.
1: Absolutely. But uh, to shift gears a little bit to a little bit of a lighter note, I thought another great example, or at least something historic in in some regard is uh, the Doc Rivers, Austin Rivers story. You know, uh, Doc Rivers, a longtime player, not, Terribly great on the on the court, but he did win. He was an NBA All Star in 1988, and uh, played with four teams in his 13-year career. But it was after his playing time that he became a coach, won a title with the Celtics, and uh, later became the head coach of the Clippers. And uh, that's where his son Austin Rivers comes into play. And the historical aspect of this is that Austin is the first player to actually be able to play for his father, you know, a father-son duo, a coach-player combo. It's the first time we've ever seen that in NBA history and I think, you know, while neither of them are star-studded players like the like of Le- LeBron or an MJ, it's still pretty crazy to think about like again that one of those stories where like your dad long-standing reputation in the NBA and you as a child Make it to that level, which is already a, a, a extremely difficult challenge to succumb to, but uh, Austin proved it. He he made he, he proved himself worthy of being in the league, and lo and behold, ended up playing for his dad. And I mean, that would just be something cool to do because I mean, we could probably all think of somebody we know or ourselves included, where yeah, my dad coached my t-ball team or my my little league soccer team. You know, like that's something cool, but it doesn't really. Um, Feel as as raw and 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 as like pure like awesome as it is to see like a father son duo on an on a on a world class scale like that. It's it's next level. I, I give a big kudos and a tip of the cap to both the Rivers Doc and Austin.
0: Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I mean, that's like you said, you reached the pinnacle when you are playing in the NBA and your father is an NBA coach, and you get to put those two together in in parallel and be partners on this On the same team, you know, no pun intended uh, it, it definitely means a lot of, there's there 's a lot of significance behind that moment um, and an, another one that that kind of uh, rings in my mind uh, would just be from a couple of years ago uh, Robinson Cano, a definite hall of famer, I would say in my regard, um, he definitely had a memorable moment in two thousand and eleven uh, winning the home run Derby um, and obviously here's the, here comes the connection his father was the one on the mound throwing to him uh and i'll never forget the quote that he said and i had to kind of go back um into the into the time machine and, and kind of draw it up again but uh I quote you here the best thing he said wasn't his swing it was the fact that uh the kind of man who was throwing on the mound and it was his dad because he knew him really well and i think that really really speaks loud uh just to the fact that you know that robinson cano you know, coming uh coming up obviously had his had had to have his father right there by his side, uh, make it to the big leagues. You go to the big stage and you play for the New York Yankees. That that's another huge accomplishment right there. Uh, and then to win a cup, win a World Series, uh, another huge accomplishment. It just goes to show you that uh, it's 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 a true test to to wanting to be better uh, and to wanting to follow the footsteps of your father. So for him to basically give him that honor in 2011 to his dad to say, hey. You know, I didn't win this. You helped me win this. We didn't we didn't do this separately. We did this collectively. It's it's just a, a huge momentous occasion and a, a definite hat tip as well to to Robinson Cano for, for what he did in twenty eleven to win the home run derby. And obviously you had to had to really hit the heart to know that your father was on the mound across from you and saying, Hey, I don't need to tell you where to throw it. You know exactly where I like it, Dad. So put it there and watch me send it to the moon.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a a very special dynamic duo right there, and it it speaks to that connection that a father-son has when, you know, they're pitching to each other or passing to one another, whatever it may be, whatever the story is, but in this example, it's Robbie Cannell feeling that connection with his dad and, you know, completely nonverbal, just send me the ball, and as you mentioned, watch me pound it into space, you know. It's definitely one of those things where it's, like, beyond the sport, where that, that family that blood connection really just t- speaks volumes um another kudos tip of the cap to uh Robbie Cano and his father that's that's something very awesome I couldn't imagine what it would be like to be on a national stage and win a win a trophy like that on on uh such a platform with the help of my dad you know how do you how do you uh share that how do you how better do you celebrate that winning of the trophy than by celebrating it with your dad you know
0: right exactly it just it just speaks to that that special of an occasion that it was.
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, it's definitely very special, but uh, to, to bounce off that a little bit and going back to the little somber side, I think uh, it would be a little reminiscent if we didn't bring up Dale Earnhardt and his son, Dale Earnhardt Jr. I actually just found out today that, you know, um, Earnhardt found out that his dad had passed – you know, while he was racing, you know, it wasn't until after the race was over that he found out his father died during the crash that they were racing in. And uh, it's actually the next race, uh, the Pepsi 400, Dale Earnhardt Jr. actually uh, wins that race. And that was actually on the same track where his father passed away. So it's like, how special of a moment could that be for Dale Earnhardt Jr. to be like, yeah, you know, this is the, the track that took my father's life. And it very well could have done the same to him or any other driver on the track at that time. But definitely very special to to win where uh your father's life was taken I, I couldn't imagine the emotions running through Earnhardt jr's mind when that happened you know it's like i wonder if he was cognizant of it going into it i'm sure he was but i i don't think it really felt real until he hopped out of the car and they handed him that checkered flag you know can't can't imagine the, 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 those emotions
0: yeah that that's definitely a raw emotion right there and again it's it's Parallel to the Michael Jordan story, um, the Brett Favre story, and obviously definite somber notes, but coming out on top knowing that those wins on all three of those lines and all three of those sports was definitely dedicated to their dance. So it's 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 just a, a definite special uh, momentous occasion.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh another father son duo you'd have to mention is uh that of the Manning family, you know. Archie Manning, a well respected quarterback in his own regard during his own time with the Saints. But, uh, you know, he left his mark on football. But then you think about what his sons have done to the game, for the game. It's arguably one of some of the craziest shit out there. Peyton Manning, I mean, the guy is unbelievable 71,000 passing yards, 539 touchdowns, a 14 time Pro Bowler, and a Super Bowl of two franchises. It's crazy to think about. And then you've got Eli. The only guy to beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. How unreal is that, you know? That in and of itself almost deserves a trophy right there because no one else can say that they've taken down Tom Brady other than Eli Manning. And it's its, it's wild to think about, but it's an homage to your father, you know? Like, you you raised me, you taught me the love of the game, and i I took it a step further and proved my worth.
0: I think when you think of the name Manning in football, it's it's legendary. It stands stands tall. It's uh, one of the most iconic names. You, you will automatically assume uh, and assimilate greatness with that family. It's it's just kind of runs in their blood, essentially, for the lack of a better term. So, definite hat tip to the Manning family and what they've done and how proud they've made Archie uh, for for just being successful quarterbacks. And obviously now now being retired, but still. Uh, um, Memor, you know, immortalized in the game, you know, f- for for sure.
1: Yeah, it's definitely pretty pretty crazy to think about. Um, another father-son combo dude that I'd like to bring up is that of Chicago legend Bobby Hull and his son Brett Hull. I mean, for those of you that don't know, Bobby Hull, a two-time Hart Memorial Trophy winner—that's the MVP in hockey—he um, was uh, left winger for the Stanley Cup for the Stanley Cup 1961 Blackhawks, uh, elected into the Hockey Hall of Fame. At the time, he was a second leading scorer in NHL history with 610 goals. Obviously now, since then, that record has changed. You know, guys are scoring goals at an unheard of pace. But his son, Brett, followed in his footsteps, you know, um, 741 goals in his career. Won a Stanley Cup with the 1999 Dallas Stars and again in 2002 with the Detroit Red Wings. Another crazy stat, he had 86 goals in the 1990-91 season, and that's uh, the third most in NHL history, probably if I had to guess, uh, Wayne Gretzky, but that's neither here nor there. Just another kudos to a father-son duo where, you know, he said, I'm going to follow my father's footsteps and I'm going to become great just like he was. And props to the Hull family, because I know in Chicago the name Hull is very well respected, that's for sure.
0: I mean, that that's another parallel right there. That's when you think of football, you think Mannings. When you think hockey, you definitely think the Hull family. It's—it And you don't have to be a a huge hockey fan to know the Hulls. I mean, it, it's just kind of common knowledge out there that that family has has definitely bred hockey players and great hockey players, to say the least. So uh, a shout out to the, the Hull family as well, too. And obviously that Bobby Hull and Brett Hull, uh, you, you can only imagine that that Bobby is is elated with what his son did throughout his his career
1: yeah it's definitely pretty badass to think about
0: yeah and and we're gonna we're gonna slightly transition i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little bit of the personal route, and I'm sure Chris you can probably give your own your own story right here, but uh memorable moment that I had would probably be my first baseball game that my dad took me to uh and here comes a little bit of a connection where we get row seven, the first baseball game that I went to. And I know that my parents still have this someplace, uh, but the ticket stub, uh, I know that my, where, where my dad and I sat, we sat in row seven. So come to think 20 plus years ago, when I went to my first baseball game, we sat in row seven and here, 20 years later, I'm doing a row seven podcast. And it's just a little homage to my dad for being kind of that motivating factor t- for me to be a, Sports fiend, to say the least. And obviously, it's not just baseball, uh, but football, basketball, soccer, hockey all have a special place in my heart. I know that I can't go and it's tough right now, especially. But I can't go a day without kind of getting some type of sports tidbit, some type of sports uh, memory, uh, some type of history. So I have to give my dad a, a definite tip right there uh, because he was really the one who laid the, the groundwork for me to be a sports fanatic, to say the least. Uh, and that kind of draws to the parallel where he was the one who showed me how to play baseball. Uh, he was my first coach. So yeah, my dad, but also my coach as well too. And he showed me how to catch a ball, how to swing a bat. Um, those, those are things that I'll, I'll take with me for the rest of my life and I will hope that I can share that with my son or daughter uh down the road whenever that time may come but uh props to my dad for 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 bringing me up uh and showing me kind of how you can connect life with sports and how to be a good person and how to be a teammate and how to be a leader out of sports so with with all that being said you know props to my dad love him without a doubt i know he's he's definitely my my right hand guy outside of you chris so um that's just my personal story, and I felt like I had to hit you guys with that uh, because I really never gave anybody a little the little background as to where Row Seven came from, and nobody's never really asked. Uh, but I felt that it, it's necessary to kind of put that piece of the puzzle together to show Row Seven. It's it's a personal connection. It's not just a name. So so there, there's definitely that. And Chris, I'm sure you got a story. So so hit me with it. Let's go.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's. Uh, I mean, I, I can just say I remember you know playing baseball as a young kid and. I will never forget one of the most legendary moments and it's kind of funny because myself I was maybe never the best hitter as a kid but uh on the mound I was pretty good but like I said as a hitting a hitter and a hitter I was not very good I needed some sort of coaching and I will never forget going to the batting cages with my dad and one of the most iconic moments ever I wish I could have videotaped this but it was uh you know, I was taking some swings. They were not looking so pretty. So my dad comes over. He, he says, get out of the box. You know, I'm, I'm coming in. And probably one of the first cracks he takes, first few cracks he takes at the bat, the ball bounced off his bat, hits the upper framework of the batting cage, and he was unsure where the ball had went because, you know, he smacked it and he was looking for it, you know, in the distance. And then, uh, lo and behold, the ball bounces back and drops right on top of his head off the beam. And I... I just couldn't help but laugh so bad because it was like it was one of those moments where it's just like humbling to think like damn like you know my dad he would go to such great lengths to make sure I knew what I was doing and you know he put himself on the line and it taught me something about baseball other than just you know swinging the bat and throwing as hard as you can it was more of a for the love of the game you know and he went out there and showed me what it was like and I'll never forget that that's for sure.
0: Yeah. And it, it just goes to show the type of the type of person that he was and the type of person that he is and how he will basically bend backwards for you to kind of make sure that you're happy uh, and content with, with what you're doing. And obviously for us both playing baseball uh, for the greater part of our lives. I know I played 15 plus years. So my dad was there for for those ups and downs of all my my baseball career. So I definitely have to say that I appreciate him for for doing what he did. Um So that's, that's the personal connection that we both kind of wanted to bring to the table aside from highlighting all these athletes out there who, who had memorable sports moments, uh, whether they were because of terrible reasons or great reasons. Uh, but it's definitely wanted, we definitely wanted to come together to bring you this little podcast to highlight dads, coaches, uncles, brothers, whatever it may be, whoever is a father figure in your life. Um, so with that being said, uh, I just want you to go out there and think today, tomorrow, and for the remainder of your days, uh, that father figure and what they've done for your life. Outside of sports, you could be a mechanic, uh, you could be an engineer, you could be anything. But uh, you know, a, a lot of that probably is owed to a father figure in your life. So definitely uh, reach out to them. Reach out to that person if you can. Uh, give them a hug. You know, call them, whatever it may be. Just let them know that you're there for them and uh, you appreciate it, what they've what they've done for you. Uh, so with that being said, we are going to wrap up this episode, uh, row seven podcasts. We are out shout out to Timeskew. Thank you for, uh, for all the, all the plugs. I really appreciate it. Definitely trying to grow this, this podcast little by little shout out to everybody who's, uh, who's reached out and gave, uh, words of motivation and words of confidence. I know that this was a, a definitely uphill battle for me to kind of combat, uh, but I'm glad I'm out there kind of putting my, my, uh, my words uh, and pen the paper out there for everybody to kind of hear and listen. Uh, so without with that being said, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Timeskew. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate your time. With that being said, we are out.